Good morning, everybody. Today, Bez Hashem, we'll be learning Daflamid Zayin in Masecha Sota. We fell far behind, then we caught up a little. Now we're 17 lines up from the bottom of Lamed Vav Amid Bez. And we are still talking about Yosef HaTzadik. Tanya, says the Brisa, As we know, there were 12 tribes that came out of Israel. But, and so, Yosef was supposed to have, uh, there's a lot, as, as we will see, as we already know, that Yosef was sort of like the next one after Yaakov as far as a lot of similarities between them. And so one of the similarities is supposed to be that he would have 12 Shvatim, Shanamar, El told us Yaakov, Yosef. So this is how you know, my bar mitzvah parsha, Andrew. This is how you know that the juxtaposition between Yaakov and Yosef, right? You see it in the Pasuk itself, that that is a connection between them. So one of the things that was supposed to be a connection between them, a lot of similarities, as we said, but the toldos, right? The actual amount of kit, of children, it was supposed to be the same for Yaakov and for Yosef. As that Pasuk is structured, it alludes to that. Anyway, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, during the Eshet Potiphar episode, that's, uh, I think, Hamishi in Parshas Vayeshev, Andrew. Um, they, no, maybe, no, maybe, that's Yehuda and Tamar, maybe. Maybe Shishi. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, the point is, that he um, was suppressing this incredible, right, uh, desire that he had to be with Eshet Potiphar, so much so that some of the Shechvat Zerah came out of, through his fingernails. Oh my goodness. So somehow, the fact that that came out through his fingernails, that was the Sheikh Vazera that was going to be, I guess, uh, a portion to creating the 12 Shvatim through uh, the 12 children of Yosef. Okay. So then the Gemara goes on to say, that even though uh, he himself, Yosef, wasn't, um, did not merit to have the 12, he had uh, two children, Ephraim and Manasseh, but his brother, Binyamin, ended up carrying, right, through the same mother, Rachel. Binyamin ended up having the extra 10. He merited that. I don't know how this works in, uh, in the heavens, Andrew, but this is how it's uh, expressed, that he had another extra 10. Bechula Nikro Shmo. And not only that, but they were all mentioned, they were all named for Yosef. And so, in a sense, they were attributed to Yosef in that way, Shanamar, because the Pasuk says, this is a Pasuk actually, if you look at Sefer Bracious, it actually has the names of the son of Binyamin. It says, Uvnei Binyamin, one second, uh, yeah, so it says, Uvnei Binyamin, Bela, Uvecher, Vashbel, and then it says, Gera, Naman, and Echi, and Rosh, and Mupim, Chupim, and Ard. Okay, so let's go in the Gemara through how each one is an allusion to the name of Yosef. Bela, Shaniv, Levein, Umas. Bela is because Yosef was in Gullus, right? Swallowed up by the nations. That's what Bela means, to swallow. Vevecher is from Lashon Bechor Imahaya, right? He was the firstborn of his mother, Rachel. Ashbel Sheshvo Kel, right? Uh, the letters indicate that he was made a captive. Um, and really by Hashem, right? This is Hashem's plan. Gera, Shagarba Achsanyos. Gera, it's like you're a Ger, but Eretz Nachria, right? He was a traveler, as he was. He was outside of, he was not home. V'na'aman shena'im biyoter. Naaman was another one of the children who was very pleasant. Achi v'rosh, achihu v'roshihu. So those two, because he was my brother and also my chief. So, right, his big brother, 
who uh, he looked up to, and Mupim and Chupim, uh, so Chupim is for Chupa. We didn't get a chance to see each other's weddings, to go to each other's weddings. That's a big deal to go to each other's weddings, Andrew. May we be to go to uh, the, the weddings of each other's children all the time. So, um, by the way, Mupim isn't mentioned here. So then the Mepharshim say, maybe it's Mipi, I think Rashi, uh, be Yof, uh, um, or Yofi, Rashi says, Right, so again, another allusion to the fact that he took on, passed the Masorah from Yaakov. That's one pshat, so other pshatim, but that's a good one, right? We'll go with Rashi here. Okay. The uh, Erd, what's the final son? You named Erd. Some of these names we don't see today as much. Erd is a cool name. Shiyarad Levain Umosa Olam. Erd from going down. Right, you made Yerida uh, among the nations of the word. Ikadami Vaerd, Shapan of Domin Leverid. Right? Vaerd. <laughs> it's Vaerd because he's the last one. That's where the Vav comes from. Okay, we'll add it on and say Vered that it's like a rose. Fine. Vered is a rose. So five lines up from the wide. Amar Rabbiheber, Amar Yochanan, Mishasham, Lopar, Yosef, Uvaladecha, Loyari, Mishet Yado. So a story uh, discussing Yosef. So Parah says to Yosef, Nobody's going to be able to lift a finger without your permission, right? This is when he's uh, promoting Yosef to be the head of everything. So, Amru Itztagne Paro, the right Paro up to that point had all these other advisors, and all of a sudden, Yosef gets promoted over all of them. So they said, "Well, you're going to take this twenty twenty dollar, right, Eved, this slave, and now he's going to be the ruler of all of us." Uh, the boss of all of us, Amr Lahan, Sapara said, Ginuni Machos and Iroba. What do you what do you want me to do? He has that it factor, Andrew. He has uh, that regal strength and beauty. So Amrullah, so he said to him, Imke and He said, Well, first of all, you know, all of us went to school to learn all the seventy languages of the nations of the world. And so if he's gonna rule over us, he needs to at least have the basic credentials and qualifications of knowing all these languages. So, okay, that's a good point. So, Ba Gavriel Valim Dashivim Lashin, as we mentioned already earlier, that uh, Gavriel was one of the Malachim, not all the Malachim know every language, because, after all, that's why we have to daven Belashin HaKodesh, especially if it's Bechidus, as we mentioned, but Gavriel does, whatever this means, right? So, Gavriel was entrusted with teaching Yosef Hatzadik the 70 languages. Lo Gamar. It didn't really work out. It wasn't working out. So Gavriel added a name. I guess he had the authority to do that. And that's how he became Yehosef. And that's how he was able to start to grasp the languages. He needed the extra uh, divine assistance to learn the languages. Right? So that's what the Pasuk says in Tehillim. That there was a testimony and how does the Pasuk end? Sfas lo yadati eshma. There you go. A language that I didn't understand. So David Melech alludes to this. Because when he refers to the idea of not knowing the language, he mentions Yosef with the extra hay. And there you put the story together and it's alluded to that that extra hay was enabled him to be hooked on phonics and get the whole 70 languages down. Very good. So then, the next day, right, so Paro was like testing him 
in 70 different languages, and whatever he would say, Yosef was able to answer him, and so sure enough, he had the qualifications, and so at least in that respect, he was qualified to rule over everyone in Mitzrayim, uh, other than Paro. So then, However, when Yosef himself spoke Lashon HaKodesh, Hebrew to, Biblical Hebrew to Paro, Paro didn't understand the word he was saying. So Amalei, so Paro said to Yosef, Agmari, teach me this language, so So Yosef's trying to teach Hebrew to Paro, can you imagine? And it's not going very well. So Amalei, he, he just can't, can't hop. So Amalei, Paro says to Yosef, Please don't tell anyone, swear to me, that you will not reveal that I am bad at Hebrew. Okay? So Yosef swore to him. Okay? And that explains, so there's the episode. Now you know the backstory, right, Andrew? And now you know why when Yosef asked for his father, Yaakov Avinu, to be buried in Israel, why Paro allowed it against his better judgment. How so? As the Gemara continues to say, when Yosef later went to Paro, when his father passed away, he says, He pointed out, Yosef said to Paro, my father made me swear that I would bury him and therefore I have to go bury my father in Eretz Yisrael. So Amalei, so Paro said, I don't want you to do that. And I like that, a lumdish idea. He knows about She'el, I guess they learned Nadarim already. And so, he, so Paro said, go and do what? She'elah Shvua. Go and do that Shvua. I don't want you to take your father. Okay, you say you swore, so undo the swearing. I know you Jews could do that. So Yosef says, so So Yosef says back to him, well, if I undo that oath, there's another oath that I have. This is uh, somewhat, this is somewhat called blackmail. There's another oath that I made that I'm going to have to undo also, which is to reveal the fact that you stink in Hebrew. So even though it was distasteful to Paro and he was not, um, happy to let Yosef take Yaakov, he had to do so. Amalei, he said, as the Pasuk says, yeah, okay, go and bury your father as he had sworn you to do because after all, uh, better off you go do that than uh, me be exposed, right, for not being good at, uh, for getting a, a D in Hebrew. Okay. Two lines up from the bottom of Amalei, Yehuda Mahi. So up until now, this whole idea you might recall, we were talking about Yosef had only one letter added because he was Zoha, because he was able to withstand the Eshet uh, Potiphar in private. But Yehuda, his entire name looks like the Shem Hashem. Uh, and that is because he actually was uh, proclaiming the greatness of Hashem in public. That was Beferhesia. What's the source of that as follows? Yehuda, Mahi, Detanya. Go back to Kriyas Yamsuf. At Kriyas Yamsuf, all the, all the tribes are competing with each other. So everybody wanted to go first. This is like getting on the bus coming back from Meiron. Uh, almost a Dafyomi coincidence. So Kafatz, as we arrive at Lam Zayin and we jump to it. Shifta Shabbat V'yared Layam Tchila. Okay, so this is not going to be our source for why Yehuda was great. According to this, the tribe of Binyamin actually went to Tchila. Who's from the tribe of Binyamin? So you say Nachshon ben Aminadav, because everybody knows that Nachshon ben Aminadav was, but he was not. He was from the tribe of Yehuda, as we'll see. But everybody knows that he was the one that jumped, as we'll see. Uh, it's not clear how we know that. But anyway, Shanem are Sham Binyamin Sa'ir Rodem. This is Pasuk in Tehillim. 
Right, that's a pasuk in Tehillim that says that Binyamin Rad Yom went into the sea first. So in this version, not only was Yehuda not jumping first, but he actually stoned them. Well, why would they stone them? It says Shenemar Sarei Yehuda Rig Masam. That's what the conclusion of that pasuk is. It says Sham Binyamin Sarei Rodeim Sarei Yehuda Rig Masam. So it sounds like an allusion to the fact that Binyamin goes into the sea and Yehuda is stoning them. Why would they stone them? So the truth is that the Tosfos here, Tap Tosfos, says, you know, they both had good intentions. Um, sometimes you can have good intentions and the good intentions conflict. That can happen. Um, and so the intention of Binyamin obviously was to be the first and to, you know, break the, break the ice, as it were. Whereas the intention of Yehuda was, you know, what gives you the right to jump the gun. Maybe you have to wait for permission or whatever it is. They, everyone had good intentions, but be that as it may, this is what happened. But therefore, according to uh, this version, it's the fact that Binyamin was Zoha to be the Shpikan Ligvura, first Rashi and Lamzai Nabadalaf, Shabes Kodashim Banoi Bechelko. We already learned Masakasyuma, so we know that the base Hamikdash itself complex was a portion partially in Yehuda and partially in Binyamin. So there's obviously a lot between Binyamin and Yehuda, right? They share a lot, and you might even recall that Binyamin wasn't happy, that the portion of Mizbeach was in Yehuda, and therefore he was Zochet, a part of the Mizbeach, right? That the Mizbeach itself was, uh, was split. Um, so therefore, this is, uh, this is a big deal, the Yehuda and Binyamin sharing in the, in the complex of the Beis HaMikdash, but the Kaddish HaKadashim is in Binyamin, and this apparently is why how he was Zoha, okay? As it says, Shenema Uvein Seifav Shachain. That's the allusion to the fact that Ben Seifav Shachain, when uh, in the context of Binyamin, right? That's where Hashem rests, and it's the right. It's the Kruvim. It's the it's the Kaddish Kadashim. So fine. So this is an allusion to Binyamin getting rewarded. So where do you get Yehuda from? So the Brisa continues with a opposite opinion. Amar Lo Rabbi Yehuda Lokach Hayamaisa. Amazingly, right? A machlokas as to what actually happened at Kriyat Yamsuf. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it happened like this. The fight wasn't who can go first. The fight was, no, you go first. No, you go first. Who can uh, stay on the banks first? And then we learn, there he is, jumping. He's from Shevet Yehuda. He's the one that broke the ice. As it says, Ephraim surrounded me with like falsehood and and uh, and Klaisol with deceit, Mirma. But Yehuda went with Hashem and was fully uh, and, and, and he fully jumped into the ocean. Now, this is a Pasuk from Hosea that you may have never heard of before. And you never would have necessarily known that it applies to Kriyas Yamsuf. But Yehuda owed Rad. Where did he go? Rad means to go down. Where did he go down? Into the Yamsuf. And interestingly, the Gemara continues to say, Valav mefarish bekabala, hoshieni elokim kibo maimad nafesh, tavati biven mitzulav ein maimad. The Kabbalah, Andrew. It is the idea that this was, uh, Nachshon ben Aminadav, that's an, alluded to in Tehillim, right? When you say, I enter the watery depths, the, the current sweeps me away, there's a Kabbalah 
that this was Nachshon Ben Aminadab, don't let the current sweep me away, don't let the shadow of the depth swallow me, and the pit closes mouth over me, as the Pasuk continues. This was a Kabbalah that it was Nachshon Ben Aminadab. So I actually called Rabbi Pinchas Groshlita last night. I said, what's this Kabbalah? Like, where's the source? So amazingly, everybody knows that Nachshon Ben Aminadab was the first to jump in, but he said he didn't know. This is the only thing I've ever asked him that he didn't know right away. He said that we have to look into what the actual source, but the Gemara itself says that we don't, that we have it like as a Kabbalah. That's a Masorah. Somewhere where that's our tradition, that this is alluding to Nachshon Ben Aminadab. And that became common knowledge, okay? So furthermore, Kriyas Yamsuf, this is another famous episode. So they're at the Yamsuf, and Moshe's davening at great length. He's davening, he's davening. So I'm a Baruch Yedidi. Hey, buddy. Tovim, uh, I'm sorry. Yedidai. I'm sorry. My, 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 my dudes, my dear ones, the Jews he's referring to. Tovim Bayam. <laughs> so Karsh Baruch says to Moshe, Yedidai Tovim Bayam, Bata Marach Betfila Lefanai. My dudes, my Jews are drowning, and you're just sitting there and davening? So I'm a lafon. If the Moshe Rabbeinu says, Rimon Shalom. He says, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Like, how, how many floaties are there, Andrew? Like, the only thing you can do, this is obviously all be out of Shem. The only thing you can do is Davin, right? So Amalos, Hashem says, no. He says, He says, tell them, this is what you can do. Tell them to just go. You raise up your staff, and you'll see. If they go and you raise your staff, you do the proper, right, effort, It'll work out. Okay. Lefichach, and on account of that, right, Zacha Yehuda la'asos mamshala b'Yisrael. Here it says that because of Nachshon ben Aminadav's willingness to go and be the first one, that's how Yehuda was Zacha to be, to be Moshe and Israel. Shanema ha'isa Yehuda le'kacho, Yisrael mamshala osav, hayam raya v'yanos, as we'll see, right, that Yehuda le'kacho, Yisrael ben mamshala osav, that how was Yehuda Mekadesh and Yisrael Mamshalotav? Yehuda was Mekadesh Shem Shemaim, Matam Haisa Yudula Kachav Yisrael Mamshalotav. For what reason did he become sanctified? And Yisrael Mamshalotav means that he became a Mamshal, Mamshalah, right, a ruler. Mishum Dehayam Ravayanos, right? You read the whole Pasuk through in Tehillim, and you see that there's a correlation between the splitting of the sea and Yehuda becoming the king. So you may have thought Yehuda became the king because he was Moda. And again, I think this is Ravi, actually. And tomorrow's a coronation. And tomorrow's a coronation. coincidence. There you go. You did it. You did it, Andrew. Um, so, yeah. Haram We thought it was because of Ravi and Parshas Vayeshev. Yehuda Tamar. And Yehuda was Moda. Or maybe it's because he was able to take, uh, right, uh, uh, control of the Yosef and Brothers fiasco where he promised that he would bring Binyamin and, and um, all of these things also, I'm sure, contributed because already then he, Yehuda was given the Malucha, right? He was already the Alpha at that point. So it's funny to say that it was all those years later at Kriyas Yamsuf, but apparently that was also uh, um, contributed to that as alluded to, or maybe it was foreshadowed, be that as it may, it contributed to that as alluded to in Tehillim and mentioned in our Gemara. Okay, so 16 lines up from the bottom, by the way, uh, Rabbi Yehuda, so that's how you know 
that at least according to Rabbi Yehuda, not according to the first opinion, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's Yehuda who was the one that got the full name of Hashem in his name because he had this public sanctification of, of God's name. Um, yeah. This is something you won't see in any of my Farshim. I noticed that Rabbi Yehuda knew why Yehuda was a public, and Rabbi Yossi was one of the Rabbim that knew why Yosef was public. You know, sometimes you can identify with your own namesake, right? Tanya, okay. Okay, this is now we're going back. We're back at Hargazim and Harival. You got this, Andrew? Okay, so let's go. Uh, as mentioned in the Mishnah, Hargazim and Harival, you had some tribes on one side, on one mountain, some tribes on the other mountain. Where was the Shavit Levi? So, Uh oh. We have conflicting reports of where the Levim were. Some reports say that they were Lamala, but some, but you can't say that they were on the mountain, because we already see, right, in, in, in some of the Psukim, that they were on the bottom. That's what it says in Yehoshua, that they were actually in the valley below. So, how, how do you reconcile this Psukim? So, Rashi says, but say for Yehoshua, that's where it says that it's Lamata. Uh, and, and yet when it says Moshe, okay, so, so that's, the, that's the contradiction. So how, how do you reconcile it? So one way is, you could say, yeah, there's a dais down below. So the elders, that's where they were. But the rest of the Kohanim and Levim were on the mountainside. Okay, that's one way. Anybody who was serving and holding the actual Aaron, they were down below. And the rest were on the mountainside. But either way, that means there were some on the bottom and some on the side, and that explains it. Rebbe Omer, No, he says, no. Everybody was, everybody from Shevet Levi was actually in the valley below, so why would you say that some of them were al on the mountain? So, And so, first of all, he's saying that this, this idea was the role of the Levim, of Shevet Levi, was to be in the valley below and to just face towards Har Grizim. Um, because Birnbaum says, it's, that's why you, you remember that the brachas were on Har Grizim because the Griz is awesome. Okay. <laughs> and Har Eval, because it sounds like Oive, that's where the Klolas are. And I actually listened to the History podcast with Abramson. I was looking for something else, but he mentioned that you could go there today. Yeah. And, and Har uh, Eval is like gross. Yeah. And Hargrizim is beautifully developed. And below it is a refugee camp. And below it is a refugee camp. How do you like that? So, yeah, we so yeah, Andrew corroborates he was there. So that's pretty. I uh, yeah, we got to make we got to do a road trip for sure, and then just stay there, right? Uh, okay, so it says so. Okay, so okay, so if they're in the valley, what's al? What does it mean that they were on the mountains? Al besamach. Al sometimes can mean next to. That's all. How do we know? Kedatanya. In a different context, it says, Put the frankincense, right, on, on the stacks, okay? Um, so in that context, Rabbi Omer al-Basamuch, that, that it doesn't mean that you put it on, but you put it next to. So al can mean, uh, can mean next to. Now, but maybe that's not true. Maybe they're, how do you know that it means next to? Maybe it means literally on it. Okay, fine. So you know what? I'll give you an example where it has to be next to. Omer, how about this? The Pasuk says, Take the screen of the Aron, right? And put it on the Aron. But you never put it on the Aron. That screen was what? Vertical. It was not draped over. 
was vertical. So there it has to be Samach. That's how we know that Al uh, can mean next to. And that's indeed what Rebbe means uh, when we say Al in the context of the Levium and Har Gazim and Har Yaval, it means that they were not on the mountain at all, but in the valley below, but next to the mountain. And the word Al is still appropriate. And then, okay, so that's where we are. So now, two, uh, four lines up from the bottom of Laman Zion and Aleph, two dots. Here we go. What's going on here? Let's talk about the brachas of Klaus. Tanarabana. Baruch Bechlal, Baruch Bechfrat, or Bechlal, or Bechfrat. That every uh, bracha on every Klala had a general, you know, curse and a general, and, and a specific curse and a general Bracha and a specific bracha. What do you mean general and specific? The Pasuk says, So there's a general curse, let's say, to say if you don't keep the Torah, you're going to be cursed. That's just, just know that, okay? And if you keep it, you'll be blessed. And then we get into specifics, okay? We got some specifics, you know, why these are the specifics that are chosen, we'll, uh, we'll discuss soon. Now, within each bracha and klala, and really each mitzvah, there are four inherent elements, which are lilmod, ulalameid, lishmar, velasos, right? To learn, to teach, to guide and guard, and, and, and to do. Haray, so you add it all up as we turn to Lamzano and Beis. Arba, that's four commandments associated with every mitzvah, right? Because each one has like a four-ply aspect to it. Arba, Arba, Haray, Shemona. Right, so every mitzvah and then every klala, that's, that's associated with each one. So you get eight. And then shemona, shemona, erei, sheshesre. And then it's, and then you fold it over again, right? Because for each one, there's the idea of a bracha and a klala and also a detail and a general. So it's four times four, that's 16. Good. So this covenant thing, okay, this is what we'll call a covenant, like a bris. In other words, right, <laughs> everything has two sides to it and another two elements to it and like a detail and a general idea aspect of it. And then each one has a little modlam and lishma velasos, like a four-ply element to it also. And all of those are embedded within each one of these, right? So what that means is at the end of the day, is that you have, right, all of this, 16, uh, like uh, embedded into each one. And that happened not only in Har Guzim and Har Eval, but also at Har Sinai, Mechen Sinai. So again, any commandment you took on at Sinai, you took on like 16 times over. Chen Arvas Moav, as we know, that in Arvas Moav, Moshe did uh, transmit, right, uh, mitzvos. And they were given in that same manner. How do we know? Okay, it says that in Arvas Moav, that's the Pasuk that says of Arvas Moav, that's Pasuk in Devarim Chavches. So what happens there is the Pasuk is telling you that Hashem, just in addition to what he taught them in Chavrev, Right, Har Sinai, he also did so in a covenantal fashion in Eretz Moab, which is to say that it has the same import, right? It has the same like 16 ply effect, okay? 
And it says you should keep the words of this bris. This is This is in Dvarim Chaf Tes. So when you put it all together, uh, you find out, says the Gemara, Nimza Arbaimushmona Brisas Akol Mitzvah Mitzvah. So since the mitzvahs were repeated multiple times, Harguzim Harival, Arvos Moab, Sinai, and each one of the mitzvahs had 16 covenants and the moment associated with them. So that means that after all is said and done, each one of the mitzvahs has 16 times three, which is 48. 48 uh, covenants associated with each mitzvah. Wow. So you get a lot of uh, schar for these mitzvahs. And you really are bound in 48 times over to each mitzvah. So Rabbi Shimon, when, when doing this calculation, Rabbi Shimon agrees that it's 48, but he takes out the Hargazim and Harival, Umachnas Oil Moed should be midbar. And instead he says the Oil Moed is where the third place happened. That's interesting. Uh, right? So he say, what, what he's saying is that Hargazim and Harival, you know, we had brachas, we had klalas, but we only had like 11 things mentioned, and maybe not all the mitzvahs were mentioned there. It must have been that it happened at the Mishkan, at the, at the, um, right, at the Ol Moed. Uh, but th- he agrees that there was a third time, but it, he thinks that it wasn't at Hargazim and Hareval. So the Gemara says, we've looked at the honey tonight. So Shimon and Tanakama, what are they arguing about? That's follows. The Tanya, Rabbi Shmael, Omer, Klalos, Neim, Rabbi Sinai, Ufratus, Ba'al Moed. Rishmael says that the general idea of the mitzvahs were told at Har Sinai, and then an oil moed is where they what? They gave the details. And Rabbi Kiva, Omer, Klalos, Supratos, Neim, Rabbi Sinai, Venishnu, Ba'al Moed. Rabbi Kiva says, no. The entire Torah, both in the general and in the right detail sense, was given at Sinai. And then again, the whole thing was reviewed at, all, at the Ol Moed. And then, Vinishtal Shuba Arvos Moab. And then again, a third time in Arvos Moab. So we see that that was Rabbi Kiva's Shita is like Rabbi Shimon, that the entirety was given. This is what Rabbi Shimon does. He takes Rabbi Kiva and he says, you know what? No, take out Harguzim and Harival and go straight up with Rabbi Kiva. That it was first all said at Sinai, then all in the Olmoid, and then again in Arbos Mov. Those are the three places we got the Torah. And again, 48 ply each one. I mean, 16 ply each one for a total of 48. Uh, so yeah, Rabbi, so in this Brisa, Rav Shimon is straight up Rabbi Akiva. Good. Now the Gemara wants to say, wait a minute. So what turns out is that all of the mitzvahs have this 48-ply covenant to it. Wow. However, Rabbi Shimon Yehuda Ish Kfar Ako, he was from Kfar Ako, we should go visit, put that on the itinerary, Andrew, write that down. Amar Mishum Rabbi Shimon, Ein l'cha mitzvah mitzvah shaksu v'tar shalom nechosu alei arbeim mishmona krisos shal sheishmos elef v'shloshos alfim v'chameishmos v'chamishim. That every single mitzvah in the Torah has the 48, right, Covenants associated with it, but not just that. It's 48 times what? 633,550. What's, what's that number, Andrew? So that is the exact number that's associated with the amount of uh, Yotze Mitzrayim, right? Says Rashi. Right? That's really the men over 20. But be that as it may, the, the people, uh, I think, right? But be that as it may, that's how big Klal Yisrael was. We say 600,000, but it's a more specific number. It's 603,550. 
We round it. And as Rashi says, That's what this means. That when you take on the 48, you're not just responsible for yourself. So every mitzvah you're taking on 48, but guess what? You're responsible for all your brethren. It's called arvus. It's a beautiful Gerardus Muslim moment idea that so in essence, you've taken on responsibility for yourself 48 times each mitzvah and 603,550 times that because you're also responsible for everyone else. You know, if somebody else is falling off, it's your responsibility, Andrew, and mine, right? We are responsible for each other. Okay, I'm a Rebbe, according to these words of So, yeah, he's just repeating that there is no mitzvah that doesn't have the 48 mitzvahs times the 603,550. Right? And it emerges that for every single Jew, the number has to be then multiplied. Wait, multiplied again? What are you saying? What are you saying, Rebbe? Says the Gemara, my be now, what's going on? What's the difference? Amar of Mesharshir, Mesharshir explained. Arva the Arva the Arva Not only are you responsible, Andrew, for yourself, 48 ways for every mitzvah, and not only are you responsible for everyone else, okay, so your time it's 603 times 550, but you're also responsible for me being responsible for everybody else. Right? You can't let me falter in my sense of responsibility for other people. So you got a lot on your shoulders, Andrew. You better get to it. All right. It's fine. So now let's go more on the Hargazim Harival. Rabbi was a smoke, the spokesman of Shim Ben Lakish. And he says, You know, you look at all the curses, and even though they seem like they may be talking about a Bodazar and all this other stuff, really it's all about what? Arias. It's all about the concept of being careful in the area of the Yitzhahara of Arias. As it says, so first of all, okay, so let's start, let's read. The first one. When it curse the person who does Avodah makes molten inches, uh, images, says the Gemara. Really? Like if you're an Ovid Avodah you think you need to tell me? Tell me something that I don't know. Like you're going to curse the person who does Avodah Zarah. That's inherently, obviously, the biggest curse. No, it can't mean that, it, that Avodah Zarah gets cursed. Avodah Zarah, we know, gets cursed. That's already cursed on its own. So what must it mean? No, what it's referring to is Arias. How so? A guy, you know, goes with an Erev of Rahman al a married woman. They have a son. How do you think that son's going to turn out? Yeah, he's a mamzer. He's going to go with the mamzerim. It's hard to keep them on the derech, right? He goes, and then, and the curse is on the parents, but the curse is on the Arias that led to it, not the Avodah Zarah itself. That goes without saying that that's cursed. Okay, a final thing about the curses and the blessings. So, again, it, it says in the, in the Pasuk, in the Varim, that you're going to give the Bracha and Har Gizim and the Klala and Har Eval. But we already know that. If all it's trying to tell you is the location of where the Brachas and the Klalas are given, we already know. Right? We already, everybody got their positions, right? It says, you stand over here and you stand over here. And then, so we know that the brachas on har grizim and the kalas on eval. So, what is it 
adding to say, no, to tell you the sequence. Right? You have to look at the sequence which the Pasuk has written. So the bracha goes first, and then the klala. So maybe you'd say, okay, if that's the case, then say all the brachas first, get it over with. Then say all the klalas. No, it says bracha uklala to teach you that it's alternating. Bracha achas kodemus the klala. You say bracha first, then you say klala. Instead of saying all the brachas first and then all the klalas, you do a bracha, one bracha, then one klala. One bracha, one klala. And that's what you learn from that pasuk, the sequence. Not the look where everybody stands, but the sequence. And also... There's another thing that you can learn from the juxtaposition. That what? That they're pronounced by the Levim, both the brachas and the klalas. Uma klala bekol ram, af bracha bekol ram. Just like you have to say the curse in a loud voice, you have to also say the blessing in a loud voice. Uma klala bilshon hakodesh, af bracha bilshon hakodesh. And just like the klala is said in lashon hakodesh, the bracha also in lashon hakodesh. Uma klala bechlal prat. Just like we said previously, the klala was said in a general way, and then also some details, so too with the brachas. And also, just like after the curse, again, everybody would have to say amen. Whether you're standing on Har Grizim or on Har Eval, you have to say amen. So too, when it comes to the blessings, everybody has to say amen. I think it's, it's interesting that when it comes to saying amen, you say it, we say the klala first. But be that as it may, uh, you could have like a little bit of a, a homiletic Gerardowitz Musser moment that we have to, right, whether we like it or not, those, right, challenges and failures, you have to say amen to, and Bezat Hashem, may we be zochet to filled with only bracha, and may we be zochet to have lives filled with bracha and avodah Hashem, and resume tomorrow with the Mishnah on the bottom of Lam Zayin Amid Beis over Shabbos as we learn about the Birchas Kohanim. And may we all say Amen.